This episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast is brought to you in part by No Judges Needed BJJ Apparel and Lavender Lane CBD Products. You can use the promo code JJT for 20% off your first order at No Judges Needed and the code JJTimes20, all uppercase, last two items are numerical, for 20% off your first order of CBD products. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And today, uh, it's just me and him. We're going to be going over some of the big matches that happened this past weekend at BJJ Bet, throwing a little MMA news with one of the Diaz brothers, uh, maybe not the one you're thinking of. Uh, But first, we had some fairly late-breaking stuff we wanted to go over. Um, and it's, it, it revolves around everybody's favorite, uh, troll in jujitsu, Gordon Ryan. Uh, I guess he can afford to be a troll when he's, yeah. you know, standing at he's, the top of the mountain. He's like definitely king he of, king of the trolls. He's the, uh, he, he's, he's, he's on top of the pyramid, absolutely on top of the, the, the mountain of trolldom. In terms of trolling, I feel like the only guy to come close would actually be Emil, Emil yeah. Fisher at right. jujitsu times. Right. Yeah. He's, uh. He's uh he's he's solid man. He's uh he's, he's on point. So Gordon Ryan, king of the trolls, but also you know one of the best to ever, uh ever compete in nogi Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, him and Andre are back at it again. Um, you you're this you're not super aware of everything right now, right? No, I mean I read that article. I know. Right. I know. I know about. I mean, I obviously know the history, and I read the the uh the offer that gordon yeah. put on the table and then it appeared to be galval's reply we can get into that yeah it seems so i guess andre galval gordon ryan uh offered andre to- galval a million dollars versus his five hundred thousand for a no time limit uh sub sub only match winner take all how and, how badly real quick how badly do people want this to happen i mean i think that the entirety of the jiu jitsu world would like to see this happen but i also think that gaval i think the only one that doesn't really give a shit about it is andre gaval and you know kind of rightfully so to tell you the truth um people can say whatever they want to about it just my opinion of it is is you know gordon ryan 100% had the opportunity to meet andre gaval in the super fight of the ADCC finals, if he would have beaten Felipe Pena when he had the opportunity to in the super fight in the year before, uh, he lost that fight. So therefore, Felipe Pena got the super fight, and Andre Gaval was like, "Hey, bro, like I'm Andre Gaval. I'm on top of the world. You had an opportunity. You lost it, so you don't get to fight me." Andre Gaval's got a lot of money. His gym is insane. Atos is huge. A million dollars is a lot of money. Yes, it is. But I think Alval just doesn't care. I think he really believes that like he's a very purist when it comes to the sport. I think he doesn't really care about who Gordon Ryan is. He doesn't give a shit about anything he has to say. Um, but this is maybe different. So we'll see what happens. I think now you know Gordon's coming after his students, and I don't think Andre is going to take that too kindly. It is weird because – you, you do get the sense that 
I don't see a lot of people hankering for a Felipe Pena rematch, even no. though like they, he's beaten him. Uh, he's beaten Ryan twice. Yeah, the right. same way. Right. Like, and, 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 in Gordon Ryan's wheelhouse uh, format, which is submission only, no time limit, by the way. Yeah, so I, I, it's fascinating that he seems I, – I don't think he's ever been – Gordon's ever avoided uh, the, the Pena rematch. I, I feel like he's talked pretty openly about wanting it again. But I also understand that from Andre's perspective, as someone who's done what he's done, he's earned the right to just be like, I don't care. You know, it's not like he gained – like he gains a lot – he gains a lot from beating Gordon, but I don't think he gains as much as Gordon would if he beats Andre. Right. Does that exactly. make sense? Yeah. yeah, 100%. You know, in the 500,000 million, you know, Andre's fucking 40 years old now. I think he's 38 years old, you know. Still arguably close to the prime. I mean, freaking Cyborg's out there murdering Kanye Duarte and all the, the top guys in the world right now. We'll get to that later. He's, 30, but, uh, he's 37 years old. 37 years old. You know, he's been competing, but, but 37 years old in age, we're probably 65 years old in mileage. If you talk about all of the competitive years he's put in to grappling, it's such a high level and all the things he's accomplished at such a high level. And now some guy who's, you know, the up and comer, wants to come up and come after his throne. And, you know, Galvel's like, hey, bro, you had the chance. You fucked it up. You could have come after me. I'm done now. I'm retired. I did everything I need to do in the sport of grappling. I'm content with where I'm at. Well, I mean, he said he, he like, they verbally agreed to it. You know, it's like he he made a, co- a response comment saying, let's do it. So, you know, if this happens, it'd be cool. I'm not going to. Oh. It's not like that. That would be awesome. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% going to watch it. I... You know, I mean, again, you you know how I feel more about competitive jiu-jitsu. I just – things like this. I get the hoopla. I get the excitement. But it's also just kind of like, oh, really? Come on, Gordon again? Like, really? I mean, I get it. He wants to prove that he's the greatest and all these other things like that. But I, I would argue to say that you could still prove that you're the greatest without having to go up and after, uh, you know – Andre Gaval when he's already old and broken down. I, mean, I, I don't know. You know, knowing we are, we can always argue who is greater, Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson or Joe Lewis, right? Even though they're never ever going to fight, we can always have a, an educated conversation. That's what makes athletics so great. And the fact that all three of those guys have admirable respect for one another, it's, I don't know, it's distasteful as, as far as I'm concerned. Gordon Ryan being distasteful. Who would have? Yeah, no, <laughs> who would have thought? But, you know, who the who the who the hell am I? I that's what I always say. You know, in the, the world of of in your face entertainment, you know, maybe you need things like this to shake things up. That's this, I guess. I mean, just purely in a vacuum, these two going at it, like it'd be incredible jujitsu potentially. Of course. Like, like of course. this would be two of the best to ever do it. Uh, competing in a rule set that both are very dominant in. It's not like Andre saying, put on the gi and we'll do it or, right. or anything. You know, he's not doing that. He's not going that route as many people have with Gordon. He's like, I'll come at you where you live in Nogi submission. Uh, what's the, yeah. Nogi match sub only no time limit. So this could right. potentially, this could go on for hours too, which is great. Yeah, it's gonna be a long time. <laughs> I, you know, it's, Gordon will do whatever he wants to do. I think Gordon would fight him in any format. 
I don't necessarily think that this format is Andrea Gavell's bread and butter. I mean, I think the format actually plays to Gordon's, you know, strengths. I think in an ADCC match, um, ADCC rules 20-minute match, uh, Andre's way more capable of defeating Gordon than in the submission-only match. Um, you know, if they were hypothetically, but this, I mean, this could go either way. Andre replied, sure, let's do this thing, but he's also done that before, almost just as like a laugh, like, sure, whatever, kid, absolutely. I'll be, I'll be there, meet you around the corner. You know, you to name the place. And he says those things in a placating kind of way. But, you know, I think if they were they were going to have this match, which I will 100% watch because it's an amazing opportunity, greatness unfolding and all that shit like that. But uh, when you watch this match, if you think about it from the reality of it, I think that, you know, Gordon's going to be a motherfucker to submit. You know, Andre Galvao will probably pass his guard, get, get top positions, grind him out, all the other things like that. But I think eventually Galvao is going to get tired and Gordon – We'll probably catch him, just my opinion. But, you know, Felipe Pena grinded Gordon out with that with that shoulder pressure, took his back and submitted him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, the, the Henzo guys are not uh, impossible to submit. We just – we just uh, Mason uh, Fowler proved that yeah. at the last submission underground when he when he was able to tap Craig Jones in a, in a very – very spectacular performance. We're looking to have him on the, the show sometime soon. But um, speaking of the one guy to defeat uh, Gordon consistently, I think we should talk about uh, some of the events of BJJ Bet, this big event, uh, first-time event that happened over the weekend, and some of the crazy things that happened. Mainly one, that they booked Herbert Santos <laughs> For a match, which I'm surprised anyone's doing now. And two, he tapped to mount. So you you uh this was one of the matches you saw, right? You yeah, saw I him. Saw, I didn't <laughs> see the entirety of the match, but I've obviously obviously the clip of him tapping off of the mount was all over the place. Um dude, man, you know, Eberth, I don't I don't know what else to say. You know, <laughs> You can get he gets upset and, and shows all this fire and rage after questionable calls and all these things like that. Like he's just a great warrior, and then something like this happens. Um, my opinion, and then we'll talk about the actual submission or lack thereof. Um, I kind of believe that uh, you know, obviously, Versantos has some problems psychologically. There's something going on with him. Who knows what it is, trauma-induced, whatever the issue is. But the, the dude's got some issues that need to be worked out when things like this start happening. And, like, I've seen plenty of occasions in professional fights. A very popular one, I can't remember the guy's name, but George Foreman was a heavyweight fight that George Foreman was uh, was calling for ESPN. Um, this guy who was a very big heavyweight prospect quit halfway through the fight um, sat on his bench, wasn't injured, nothing was wrong, but just having you could obviously have some kind of an emotional breakdown. And we're talking about a top prospect in the heavyweight division trying to climb his way up to be heavyweight champion in the world that just decided he wanted to quit fighting because of some emotional breakdown. You know, so you can see like the same fire sometimes that drives people to be these competitive juggernauts also can flatten you out into the 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 the, the weak pile of whatever show a pile of right. flesh and bone yeah, right, exactly <laughs> and tears you know 
what I saw when I saw this uh, this finish was Iver Santos just quit because not because he you know he was beaten, but because he was beating psychologically and just didn't want to concede to the tap. So instead of tapping, he just submitted because you know Felipe got the mount. And then afterwards, it kind of looked like he was holding his rib or whatever the hell was going on. But dude, like, come on, bro, you're getting paid, man. You're getting paid big money. That I'm sure they paid him. A hefty sum to do this to do this match, probably high five figures to do this match. You know, maybe six figures. I don't know. I don't know what the kind of the bankroll was, but I'm imagining it was close to ten grand, twelve grand, whatever it was, just to show, and then whatever money they were given to win. I, you know, I, mean? I, I, I've been talking to my, some uh, friends of mine and like some of my coaches about it, and they, the ones that have followed Santos, say like when he's on, he's great. You know, he's, he's a, he's, he won worlds. He's this spectacular athlete. He, he's like hardcore as hell. He's done crazy. St- like he's been allegedly doing crazy stuff in Brazil since like he was a teenager. And a lot of it's like mental issues. Yeah. Like that this guy's got some mental stuff he needs to work out. Right. And I, I'm not qualified to really speak on that. You know, I don't know the guy. I've never met people that have trained with him, but it, from his performances and the outbursts that he has, it's obvious that he's not doing all right. You know, he's not doing phenomenal right now. And you know, Kev, man, like, like I was saying before, when you talk about this in the big picture, you know, becoming a fighter <laughs> in any regard isn't something that normal people do. You know, it's not something that normal human beings and normal individuals, yeah, everyone thinks they want the spotlight and everyone wants the fame and fortune of being on top and being called the champ and, and all the cool things that come from it. Uh, but p- when they start to realize what it takes to actually get there, they usually fall off. And it takes a certain type of chemical imbalance or certain type of chemical disposition in your brain, psychological disposition to be a professional fighter. And unfortunately, some of the same things that make those professional fighters also make some of the less than, 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 uh, than nice characteristics of, you know, criminals and, and other people like that. Like it's a very fine line between chaos and, championship when you're going out there trying to put your life on the line every day day in and day out to try to make it to the top and Irva Santos is we see that all the time Mayhem Miller you know we just talked about Mayhem Miller last episode you know so you see guys that just don't start to make the connections and then they start to falter off and go down that dark path it's sad to see I'm just upset more than anything like from just a fan point of view is like bro Irva come the fuck on dude like you just gave up off of a mount like blue belts at tournaments if one of my blue belts did that in a tournament i would look at him in disgust i would just be like bro like i understand you're frightened you're concerned but i would have to at least ex- i would have to at least acknowledge the circumstance that like you have to realize dude you're not in danger yet now i don't have felipe Pena on top of me but i can imagine if felipe Pena mounted me like you know i would even if i felt impending doom coming I would try my damnedest to not allow him to me at least make him finish an armbar. Well, what the, the the really crazy thing that was revealed afterwards is that Felipe Pena 
won that match with a, with a very injured ankle. Right. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't see that part either. Like he was like he had revealed that he had like he had uh damaged it early on in the match and that he was like just focused on winning and knowing that this guy was fighting his heart out right. with a, with an injury that other people like if he tapped and then posted this picture saying, right. I completely messed up my foot, my bad. You're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't like, excuse it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, but, but you kind of like say, okay, I get it. You're hurt. Or you just, you have an opportunity. You have something that came up. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But like, I mean, like if that happened during the match, yeah, I, I would so. get if he, like wanted to not risk further injury. That is a that is credible in my opinion. Right. I don't lose. Right. I'm not looking at Felipe going, "Oh, you loser, wimp!" Like, right. like look at that. How inflamed that ankle is. And I obviously, I get that being a black belt, you just you muscle through stuff. I I totally get that all the time, even though you probably shouldn't. But the fact that he had that and he went on and Herbert quit due to mount. Like right. that almost is just like salt in the wound. It's in this whole situation <laughs> disrespectful to Felipe. It's disrespectful to jiu-jitsu. And like, I don't, again, I don't know what's going on with Iber Santos. Maybe he hurt his rib and maybe the mount with Felipe on top of him was, was bothering him. But like, come on, dude, like you're supposed to be this high level warrior that you claim to be. You chased people off the mat and started to fight. In the in in the stands, and then claim it's because you're a warrior. You can't handle. I, I I don't take kind of this and try to walk upon that platform. And then you're gonna tap this pound. You're gonna tap to some dude because he mounted you. And you know he didn't tap because of the mount. He tapped because he didn't want to submit. He didn't want to get submitted inside of his brain. He's thinking, oh, I don't want to have to go. I don't want to have to work to get submitted. It's gonna happen anyway. So I'll just go ahead and tap now. I'm like that's just fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, it's like it's also stealing from uh pena because like pena did all the work he did everything right and you're 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 not allowing him his due like he right. earned a submission he earned it he earned you're absolutely right he earned that submission it's and like dude come on bro like these people promoters are paying you money to do this shit dude fucking fight it work hard try not to get submitted to your best man. and this might be just like from my point of view as a filthy casual but it's not like this is some random tournament that he entered and he like he's facing a purple belt and the purple belt's molly whopping him and he doesn't want to have the dishonor of tapping to some no-name lower belt you're fighting one of the best in the world it's not like people are gonna like make fun of you for losing to felipe pena a guy who's beaten gordon ryan twice right. like what are you doing i would be like hey i like I, you know i, I did pretty good <laughs> My Molly Wappen, did did you learn that in Oxford? It sounds like a very English. Uh... <laughs> oh, I I wish I could take that. I, I old, wish I could take it back. I never the old I, Molly Wappen. <laughs> no, just like no, but but for real, I know that there's a lot of pride for black belts of that level that they gotta win and win and win, and that like if they, if they lose, it's to someone that's like the best of the best. Like, right. why do you? mental why are you unable to mentally lose against a guy that's just that good like you know i know i obviously that's that that's purely from a casual and so i'm asking you as like a a high level competitor like where is your mind in that like when you're facing someone of that caliber well i mean i don't know man like if you're on the mat and you're in the middle of a competition 
Like, I don't care who the person is in front of me. Like, you're on the mat. This matters. You're being paid to be there in particular. You know, it, it's live on television. Or even if you're not being paid, like, you should have – it's different than when you're training in the gym. Like, if I'm training in the gym and I'm tired and someone like a black belt, like Felipe Pena, mounts me or even any other black belt mounts me and I'm like, oh, dude, fuck, you know you don't have it in you. You know you've already reached that point of no return. So, okay, cool. I'll concede the tap and move on just because I don't want to risk further injury or blah, 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 blah. Nothing is on the line. So why do we have to worry about it? Like when you get to that level, you can start to realize, all right, dope. You caught me like five, five moves ago. I screwed up. I'll concede the tap. Nice work. You know, now when you're on a competition mat though, and you get caught in similar situations like that, like, you know, yeah, you know, you screwed up. Now, you know, you probably hit the point of no return, but you know what? Like I still have options here. I can still fight my ass off. I could still eat this submission for a few seconds or even allow for the submission to come up and try my best to explode through or use my energy or risk a marginal aspect of an injury just because, Hey man, I've got pride. You know, I got pride on the line. I'm not just going to let her and, and let someone, is distinguished as Felipe Pena submit me just because, you know, like I, I don't, I don't see how that could even factor into the equation in a situation like this. And I hope that Ivar Santos doesn't get any more, uh, any more big slots on big shows. He just, uh, he's, he's, he doesn't deserve it. I think he's, he's done. I, I don't know any promoter that would want to take a chance on that happening. Like yeah, he's, he, he's completely done now. Either he gives up or, like he could win, or like if he loses, he it's either because he gave up, or it's because he straight up tried to attack people. You know, like you're, this guy is so volatile in so many different ways, right? That like there, there's nothing to be gained from having him on the card except for people tuning in solely to see like what crazy stuff he's gonna do, or like lame weird stuff he's gonna do and that's not what you want that's not the kind of eyes you want on your card you don't want attention being diverted away from the legitimate matches on your card because you've got a guy that's gonna it's guaranteed to be weird whatever he does you know well, like, especially now i mean pro- previous to that yeah he had all the all the unforeseen circumstances all the all the, the the intangibles about him you never know what he's gonna do he go crazy he could jump up at stage but like quitting is like ooh, that's just like oh you lose you lose everything now now you're not a warrior anymore now you're just some dude to quit to Felipe Pena's mouth you know <laughs> like I know, so like full disclosure I'd probably quit but I'm not I'm not I, being I, on you know what show. Kev Kev I'll, I'll I will tell you one more I doubt you would you would you would have <laughs> you would have probably gotten submitted I'm sure that Felipe Pena would have taken your back because that's what he's gonna do oh really oh you think <laughs> yeah. but I sincerely doubt that you would have just said screw it and tapped as soon as you got the mount. It's just God, it just it just makes me ugh, can't believe that happened. I would give up and then immediately go get an AK forty seven tattooed on my chest. So I could be like my boy, my boy Herbert. <laughs> just the most metal. All right. Well let's let's focus on some of the other the like really yeah, the positives on the card, which was like a, an amazing showing from Leandro Lowe against uh, Nicholas Marigali. A lot of right. people, we had a poll up on Instagram that like heavily favored uh, Nicholas to just take this hand over fist. And, you know, Lowe has had a bit of a career gray area as of late. You know, he hasn't been the same dominant force he was early on. And so this it was really cool to see him get uh, – 
this type of finish and, and have a strong showing against the top level guy. Um, what do, what do you think about Leandro? Like how, how much do you, do you follow his, his career? So, I mean, it just goes to show you that there's always a little fight left in any dog that has reached that level. When any, anytime you're, you're competing against someone that has that, that fire inside of them that has been on top of the world. They know they have it in them still. You know, there's times when they get a little bit older and maybe they're a little bit competition weary, where they kind of go have a little decline and they don't feel like they're, they don't, their body doesn't answer the calls to their mind or they decide they want to lay low and, and, and have nothing, nothing else happen for them because they just don't care about situations and fighting hard enough. But they also understand what it takes to be a champion and what it takes to beat great, great competitors. And they remember what it means for themselves to be great. And I think Leandro Lowe is a perfect example of that ability. You see it all the time. You know, Roger Clemens, you know, you talk about Roger Clemens. He had a decline, took some time off, you know, didn't really have it in him towards his, the end of his career, but he came back and wins the World Series because he is that great guy. And when it, the when greatness, when the opportunity to be, to be great arises, they understand how to do that. And, you know, that's what Lorangelo is. He's one of the greatest jiu-jitsu practitioners of all time as far as I'm concerned. He was on top of the world for a while. He won the Grand Slam, you know. He, uh, he is what he is. And to see him come back and return to that greatness was cool to see. Now, obviously, I just don't want to – completely gas up Leandro and forget about like that Nicholas Marigali also had an incredible match. And this was one of those draws that no one's, no one's mad about it, which is rare. You don't see like a lot of times people go, Oh, that's bullshit. But this one seemed like everyone was just happy because there was great jujitsu, you know? And I, I don't know if I'm necessarily qualified to say that, but it looked incredible and it was great to see that, uh, Lander still got a lot of gas in the tank, you know, and that he can still mix it up. It's we've seen a, it's been almost a wave of the, like the older guard, like as like a lot of people have said, there's this time of the new guard in jujitsu and that, you know, there's this new crop of athletes and that the old guys are going to get shuffled out, but it's, it's cool to see guys like Leandro and, you know, um, uh, Andre, you know, with right. his Gordon stuff, they're still like Bio. they're still mixing it up. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, you know, Gordon Ryan, there's a reason why he wants to fight against Andre Gaval, and it's not just because he wants to make money. It's not just because he wants to 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 have another match because he can have another match with anybody. He wants Andre Gaval, so that there's no question as to who the greatest of this era was. Now, you could argue that. Gordon Ryan is really the era previous to Andre Gaval. He still kind of fits. He's kind of like a tweener between the up-and-comers and the old-school garb. I think that Gaval is maybe last era, you know, before Gordon Ryan came on the scene. So you could kind of say, well, Gordon Ryan, you know, Andre Gaval is the era before, and then Gordon Ryan is obviously the era now. But, you know, Andre is still a viable competitor. Gordon Ryan wants to beat him so that he can put that feather in his cap and, and continue to put say that I am the greatest grappler of all time because I beat XYZ, including Andre Gaval, the great and powerful. You know, and I guess when you tie that into the idea of young fighters, like these guys are also viable. You know, Cyborg, Lounger Low, these guys are viable competitors because what better feather in your cap? 
than to go out and beat Andre Gaival, to go out and beat Cyborg. You know, young fighters want to go out there and beat the guys that they idolized, the guys that they look up to. You know, it's up to the young fighter or the older fighters to say, hey, you know what? Not today, my man. And I will tell you, just from a personal feeling of someone that's a 43-year-old grappler that likes to compete against guys half my age for some stupid reason, like, I enjoy it. I have, even when I'm in the gym and I see these young bucks that want to come up and try to take a piece of Coach Kev, like, <laughs> I, there's a certain part of me and people that know me know this that, like, love it. Like, I feel it in me. Like, I want you to come. I want you to come at me. I want you to try to come take a piece so you can see what it's all about. And then one day when you when you're ready, to take to take the reins you know you'll understand what it means to be that guy but today he ain't gonna be that day my man so spartan, if, I could do, if i could do anything about it the spartan mentality of you come yeah. back on your with your shield or on it you know yeah, like you exactly. go out like and that's i like the idea that you know none of these guys are are looking for the easy out you know that they could ride away with their notoriety and just like um and just like go out into the sunset you know, without ever having had those difficult late, late career matches, you know, like you, you retire when you're, you, you've done everything and then you're done. I like the, the fact that these guys are willing to take chances against the new guys, because there is that idea of, you know, you should go out on your shield. Like right. you should go out fostering the, the next generation, you know, and like, sometimes you get stuff like this. And, and also we cannot talk about BJJ bet which as a whole was an incredibly well put on show, especially in during COVID. I, I was really impressed with everything they did. Um, what the hell is Cyborg doing? Like he is, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really it's not. so great. But like, I was impressed with him previously on the, uh, the, the last third coast grappling when he won yeah. the absolute thinking about, Oh my God, he's out there beating the best guys in the world. Now he's doing it again. We had Ryan on. We had Ryan McGuire, uh, president of Third Coast Grappling, on, and we talked about what we thought was going to happen. And we all, all of us, were like, you know, it's going to be maybe Nikki Rod surprises people. I think it's going to be like um, other people. I forget the whole card right off the top of my head. I think right. Roberto Jimenez was in there. We thought like it was going to be maybe them. But then Cyborg comes out of nowhere and wins it all, and we're just like, Holy crap. That was it was funny. I remember when we were breaking down that bracket and I remember thinking to myself, like we were talking about all these all, all the upcomers and then like yeah. almost as an aside, we're like, oh yeah, don't forget about Cyborg. And it was like yeah. in our minds like, oh yeah, fuck, for, forget about maybe the greatest heavyweight grappler of all time. One of them anyway, you know, Cyborg. Oh yeah, Cyborg's there too. Yeah, you know? he had, he was coming off of his win against uh, Lovato Jr., and we were like, that was incredible. And that was like a great, like late career match, you know, great feather in his cap. And maybe now he's like going to peter out a little bit. And I'm, I'm only saying all this just to exemplify how wrong I was and how happy I am to be wrong. Cause holy crap, this is great. You know, he, it's, he keeps winning. That's, that's what I keep saying about things too. Like I'll quit competing when I quit winning, you know, I keep winning shit, you know, you know cyborg <laughs> cyborg keeps winning and thereupon he keeps getting paid. So every time he goes out there, promoters are like, hell yeah, cyborg come out, win my, my win my event. And I'm going to pay you big money to go do that. So like keep riding that train as long as it keeps working for you. But to see him finish Kanye Duarte, I mean, that's a pretty, this is a pretty, impressively high level 
technique footlock exchange that you would not expect to come from Cyborg. You see Kanye sits back for the straight ankle lock. Yeah. He didn't do a very good job. His, his He left his foot exposed. He should have the foot tucked inside, or he should be feeding it across and hiding the heel on the outside. So Kanye didn't do a great job of going into that. But Cyborg, you know, had the wherewithal to recognize that, hey, the heel hook, the inside heel hook is available. You can actually watch it. If you watch the tape, he brings up the bottom leg and comes up and traps that hip so the hip can't roll out in the middle of breaking through. And then inside heel hook, you got to tap to that. Very reminiscent of the same way that Lachlan Giles uh, submitted him in the ADCC absolute. I think there were there were actually a lot of comparisons drawn to like how Cyborg, like Kanan and Cyborg are different in how they lock down their heel hooks. Right. And I saw a lot of people immediately try and take a little bit away from cyborg by Gordon saying Ryan. like Kanan, <laughs> uh, Kanan was like, Kanan's used to the gi. He's used right. to this and that. And I'm like, yeah, no, no you don't get not to really. do that right now. No, you don't no, get to do that right now because also it's, it's especially cool because, you know, Nikki rod made his whole black belt slayer name off of, his performances against uh, Muhammad Ali and then Cyborg. Like it was right. a huge upset when he beat Cyborg at ADCC. I think it was ADCC, it was right? ADCC, right? Yeah. And, and it was a big, it was a big, a lot of people were saying, Oh, this is a sign that like the new guard is here. Like that was the first guy to fall. And then Nicky Rod had his match against Kanan and Kanan like mopped the floor with him. You know, right. you, like very much used his jujitsu against Nikki Rod's wrestling. It was a very dominant performance to see Cyborg submit the guy that beat the guy that made his whole shtick about how he's eating black belts for breakfast. And we love you, Nikki Rod. This is not a this is not a dig. I'm not. No. We're not trying to say anything like that. It is just very. You cannot uh, avoid talking about how impressive his his run has been lately. You know? Yeah, I mean, Cyborg. Uh, Cyborg is he's on top of the world right now at heavyweight. Like I, if, I mean, Gordon Ryan should be calling out Cyborg again. I, I, I mean, I don't think that anyone really cares as much about that. About he God just, he just slapped like, combat jujitsu. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was actually at that event when it happened. Oh yeah. Um, you know. This this kind of also leads back into the Galval talk because Gordon Ryan and Kanye Duarte had a very they've had a very heated debate over tons of different things and tons of different exchanges. Like they had a good match. I think it was the best match that Gordon had at the ADCC last ADCC when he went against Duarte. It was a very good match. I think he ended up getting the hooks in at the end or some kind of a takedown or something at the end of winning that. But um, it was a good test. And I personally thought that Duarte may be the guy to end up eventually beating uh, Gordon down the road. Uh, but Gordon definitely <laughs> made a point of talking about how sloppy his heel hook was, how sloppy his sit back was. He's like, you let Cyborg catch you in a heel hook and all the things that Gordon Ryan does so well, just because, you know, Kanye and him have been yelling at each other for a long, long time about a bunch of shit. So I guess you, you, you reap what you sow. And no matter what happens, Gordon Ryan's gonna talk shit about you. So, <laughs> yeah, and and then in response, a lot of people will be yelling at him to put a gi on, and it's right. just a, the wheel goes on and on and on. <laughs> on. Exactly, that's 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 the that's the state of affairs we're living in today, which is again. Gordon says anything. People right. ask him to put on PJs. He says no. Eh, Rinse, that's repeat. Right. <laughs> eh. 
<laughs> now I'm going to MMA. You know, yes. it's it's just. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but BJJ bet phenomenal first show. Yeah. You know, Great. can't they wait. For the... What was the rule format for this? Because I didn't see all the matches yet. I saw some of the covers. Do you know anything about how it was set up? Because I saw draws. And there I was draws a, there was over there was like uh it it was sort of like the it was the. the a lot of it was like the high. From what I remember, it was like hybrid. I had to go back and watch a lot of highlights because I was working during the right. event. But right. uh, I know that there was like a five-minute golden point overtime system. Like, mm -hmm. and that's what there was no. That's how the draw happened between. Uh, but full points, full points in in regulation, IBJJF rules or something like that. I think it was sub only, and then the overtime was points. Okay, I'm so not... sub only, and then. The golden rule with five minutes, or golden score of five minutes, and then goes into a draw. Yeah, I will link uh, in case we're wrong. I'll have it on the screen, like or or link probably a link down below to the official rule set, and you can also read the entire breakdown of the event and all of the results here on Jujitsu Times, uh, written up by the incredibly awesome Avery Clements. We love you, boss. You're awesome. Mm -hmm. Probably should have um, read that before uh, <laughs> before we talked about it. That's all right. Well, we had like we had some cancellations, so this was late, late this was very much a late uh, a lately put together episode. But we are un we are not going to stop because you guys need this content. Professionals. Speaking of MMA, let's go. Let's end on something I'm very worried about, and that is uh, Nick Diaz reportedly planning an MMA return for next year this uh next year and um uh, we've we've talked about him on the show before and specifically in the last interview he gave to ariel Helwani after his uh brother's loss to jorge masvidal for the bmf title belt uh he we we spoke about how he didn't sound the the way he used to sound he might be dealing with you know some symptoms of cte we're not trying to diagnose obviously but uh, he did a practice cut. That was the way the story broke was that he had done a practice cut to see how he felt it uh, during competition mode and it seemed to go well. So reports are that he's looking for a fight. He has not won a fight since 2011. So what do you, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, he hasn't won a fight since 2011, but he also hasn't been out of a fight. It wasn't, it's not like he's been completely, outclassed I and mean, he fought some of the greatest guys I and mean, he fought you know on that streak is what you know gsp anderson silva you know we're talking about some impressive names that he's fought over that course and then he had all the all the the drug um uh suspensions and all the, the I mean, he's been out of the sport for probably four or five years simply because of the marijuana suspensions yeah so his, last, like his last fight was in 2015 and his last win was in 2011. Yeah, right. that's it's, what I wanted to make sure I, I was clear on that. It's not like he has been continually taking massive amount of abuse in uh, in fights since then. Um, not like someone like BJ Penn that you see come back and you're just like, oh, BJ, give it a rest. We don't need to see this anymore. I don't want to see. I don't want to remember you as the guy who got the shit beat out of him in his final days, you know. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, well, if he's gonna come out and get a, a big payday for it, and there's a lot of money in it for him, I guess why not? You know, and if he wins, he wins. It's the same thing we talked about. When we talked about Cyborg. We talked about all these other guys. Everyone wants to see their hero come back and be a dominant force. Everyone wants to see the triumphant return of Nick Diaz come back into the cage and be 
the force to reckon with that he always that everyone always thought he was. You know, he never really got a he never really won the title. Everyone always thought he was the greatest. He was the best. All he's got is all his his boys out there that still think that that Nick Diaz is the greatest thing that ever happened to to MMA since MMA started. Um, but you know, the sad part is it's just like we talked about the idea of CTE, the idea of taking damage to the brain that accumulates over the course of time. And that damage accumulates in sparring outside of the gym, even worse than it does in your fights in the gym because you have to train to get there. And, uh, you know, is it worth it? Is it worth all of these things? Is it worth the money? Is it worth the fame? Is it worth the ability to, to, to say you were the greatest and, and topple that goal? You know, Nick would argue that it is. But you're looking at guys like Mayhem, Mayhem Miller. You look at guys like you know Muhammad Ali that famously fought longer than he should have, ended up, you know, crippled with Parkinson's disease. It's sad. It's sad when we come to this crossroads. But give the guy a fight. Give him one fight. See how it works. I guess you know if he goes out there and he's still able to maintain at a high level and he still has some kind of coherent cognitive abilities left after his fight and he doesn't take tremendous amounts of damage during the fight, then let him fight. But we're talking about Nick Diaz. His whole Stick is built on I take more damage. I'll take three punches from you so I can land my my three and I don't care if you hit me at all. He just he just eats punches for breakfast, which isn't the smartest way to fight. It is it's probably messed up for me to say this, but I I would watch Diaz. Right, of course I'm gonna watch it. I I would no no no. I mean I would watch Diaz St. Pierre too. You know, yeah. or how many matches have they had? I knew they they had the one. one, he, one. It was just the one, and then he complained about like he was he cheated. He did all this. Blah 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 blah. So I think they say he's uh, he slicked his legs up. He greased his legs up or some shit like that. Was it? I think that was, no. I think he did. I, that was the claim for the BJ Penn fight. I right, think right. Nick had Nick. I think he said steroids or something. Right, uh, I right. But I I'd watch that. Like because I know we know George St Pierre is immune to time it seems like he came out from like a a years-long retirement to win a belt off of michael bisping so i mean it, shoot that was, <laughs> yeah but gsp isn't coming out of retirement to fight nick diaz that's just not a big enough fight no nah. it's 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 an entertaining fight i mean i to tell you the truth i think the fight to kind of really make things uh like uh Icy would be Nick and uh, Nick and Connor. I think that would be an awesome fight. I think that you have Connor come back and say, "Hey, you know what? I beat your brother. I'll beat you." I think that would be a marketable fight to get both of these guys paid quite a bit of money. They would market the hell out of that fight. And it's not a fight that that Nick can't win. You know, I don't think he has. I don't. I think he's got a shot at beating Connor. I think he too. could take. I think he could take Connor down. Yeah, big, big bro. Submit him. Big yeah, bro gets his vengeance. Oh man, that'd be good. <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's essentially like the the news as it stands for right now we've got right. uh we've got some really cool events coming down the pipeline but yeah jujitsu had a good weekend you know yeah, and that's there's a lot really of shit good. going on yeah it had a good weekend except for fucking herberth like <sighs> other than that <laughs> i still man i just can't i don't want to beat a dead horse man i just can't i just it's just something inside so what in the fuck really like the only thing I can honestly say is just what I said. I feel like that young man needs someone to help him. That young man needs someone to recognize that he is in problems. He is having problems. He is in trouble and needs to be shown the way. 
because um you know you know he that's not something that rational minded people do and it's it seems to me like a red flag for oh shit Someone needs to keep an eye on Erbeth. He could do some bad things in the near future. Someone well, I mean, needs his, to talk his, his nickname used to be Lone Wolf, or I think it might right. still be, but it, it was because like he went to five different gyms when he was first starting out, and he right. got thrown out of all of them. You know, yeah, imagine like he's, that. He's I, we never want to like let making fun of someone outweigh the fact that we want to see them do well. You know, right. like mentally. You know, and like it's fun to laugh at how more like how crazy this guy is but also like he's he's a human being and you know in a time like this especially where the whole world is shut down and all of us are out here playing defense unless your name is bezos or gates (laughs) or some other such quintillionaire uh, it's tough to see a guy in a sport we know that there's not a lot of money you know and he's a a difficult person to hang out with and train with and, and be around you want someone like that to find a center to find like that, that true North that helps them be a better person, you know, and then right. to be a better part of a community. So, uh, Mr. Santos, well, you, you like, you did a crazy thing, but also we hope you're doing, we hope you get help, you know, yeah, you, you know, and, and to, 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 just like you said, you know, we, we talk about it and we talk about it in chastising way simply because, you know, that behavior is not acceptable no matter what, the cause of it it's unacceptable to jump into the stands and fight people it's unacceptable to quit you know against you know right you know, quit on your stool essentially is kind of what what you put it out as is is just because you don't feel like continuing anymore um but as the human in me someone that recognizes the signs of someone that has some kind of mental ailment that is typical to what fighters deal with i'm not saying it's cte but like i said before like the same thing that makes you great personality issue you know like some stuff right that it's it's i want that person to get help the same with mayhem miller you know you don't excuse the shit he does but at the same time you recognize what the cause of it is and know that it can be helped and you want to help him before something truly tragic happens you know you know domestic abuse is bad you know stealing cars and all shit's bad but truly tragic would be him killing himself or killing someone else or, you know, that's a tragedy to lose someone like that. Yeah. And and again, it's, I think you were really good with uh, saying that we're not trying to excuse the stuff he's doing and we're not trying to excuse any of the stuff that any person does. That's like not okay. Oh, you need to get help. You need to get the help. You you need to make the first step and go do what you got to do. Yeah. But other than that, like a really phenomenal, uh, little brief period of time for jujitsu and it looks like things are starting to open up again you know obviously there's places that are being iffy about it but gyms are finding a way to sort of weather the storm uh but uh yeah i think that's a a good place to call it so uh yeah Uh, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the jujitsu times podcast uh i've been your host kevin bradley joined as always by my co-host mr kevin gallagher Stay safe, stay healthy, remember to love each other, and we'll see you next time. Awesome.